Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for the Tech Guy is provided by Cashfly. C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. Hi, this is Leo Laporte, and this is my Tech Guy podcast. This show originally aired on the Premier Radio Networks on Sunday, March 27th, 2011. This is episode 756. Enjoy. Well, a good day to you, Leo Laporte here, the tech guy. <laughs> it's time to talk about, well, you know, technology, that kind of thing. I'll give you the phone number to call in. It's 8888-ASK-LEO, 888-827-5536. I think that's right. 8888-ASK-LEO. If you have a question, a comment, a suggestion, if there's something you'd like to talk about, in about an hour and a half, Steve Martin, about 1233, Steve Martin will call in. We have a... Have a regular check-in with Steve Martin. He's got a new album out. He's also this, you know, like big Twitterer. Steve Martin to go is his Twitter handle. And I imagine, I mean, he's an iPad user. I imagine uh, he's got the new iPad, too. We'll get his review as well. That's all coming up. Just a little bit. Scott Wilkinson, our home theater expert as well. Did you see this? Wow. MySpace. Uh, what, you remember MySpace? <laughs> they were this little thing before uh, before Facebook came along. They dropped 10 million users last month. <laughs> That's got to hurt. 10 million unique users in one month. Uh, I guess it's kind of, can we say, uh, you know, mark the time, call it, it's over, MySpace. Actually, the funny thing about MySpace is uh, it still has a vast number of users. I mean, how many sites can you think of that could lose 10 million users, and it still have something like, you know, 200 million. Yikes. So it's not dead yet, but it's dying fast. Let me see. I'm trying to get the exact numbers out of this. This comes from Comscore, not from MySpace itself. But Comscore is a pretty reliable internet rating service. Um, ever have that happen? The internet just stops working for you. It's just frozen solid. I'm looking. I'm looking and nothing. I get the, I get the headline, but nothing. I I know the headline, MySpace visits dropped by 10 million users a month from PCMagazine.com, and it's just sitting there, stuck. You know you know what is going on here? This is PCMag.com, PC Magazine site. It's waiting for an ad to load. Isn't that frustrating? So the site, the, the entire site is hung up because the ad server for this, or whatever ad that I don't want to even see, there it is, is sitting there. Thank you. Oh, now I could see the Visioneer Mobility Scanner ad that I didn't want to see that was holding the whole darn thing up. Thank you, Sony. Thank you, Visioneer. So MySpace traffic dropped 14%. Actually, no, you know, this is pretty bad, actually. It was 73 million in January, 63 million unique users in February. At this rate, then no one will be using it by September. Wow. Rupert Murdoch's News Corp apparently has put this on the on the block. Remember, they began the year by laying off half the staff. I think it's pretty clear that either they're going to sell MySpace or they're going to shutter it. Amazing how this stuff happens. You know, I, I heard a, a term uh, 
It's actually a, in, a, in a book about the Smothers Brothers. It was David Steinberg talking. He called. He used the term presentism. Not a very good word, presentism, but it but its meaning is absolutely uh, real. That we are kind of biased towards the way things are right now. So our bias is that uh, FaceTime, Facebook, and uh, Google, and uh, and Apple, they will live forever. Nothing could harm these companies. What could possibly go wrong? And 10 years ago, you could have put Microsoft in that bin. I don't think people feel that way anymore. You could have put MySpace in that bin. 20, uh, 30 years ago, you could put IBM in that bin. Nothing could happen. IBM is the dominant computer company of all time. Nothing could go wrong. So those of us who are, you know, and there are a lot of us who say, oh, Google, Facebook, they're, they're too big to fail now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Let's not be presentists. That is a terrible word. You know what word is now in the in the dictionary? OMG, FYI, and LOL. The Oxford English Dictionary, which is an amazing dictionary that attempts to catalog every word in the English language, so I guess they couldn't leave it out. I don't know. Are these words? They've decided to add OMG, LOL, FYI. Amazingly enough, they already had I-M-H-O and B-F-F. They are able to... One of the things that's fun about the Oxford English Dictionary is they show the first use of a term. Did you know? Did you know? OMG had its history tracked all the way back to 1917. To 19... The year before the big war. LOL used to mean little old lady. Remember that? I remember that. That was in the 60s. And FYI showed up in corporate lingo back in 1941. You know what else has made it in? And I don't know if this is a word. The heart symbol. Not the not the emoticon less than three. The actual graphic for a heart. <laughs> I can just imagine the uh, the uh, professors at the Oxford English Dictionary calling the professor and saying, I say, do you have a heart? What? Do you have a heart symbol? We need a, we need a heart for the dictionary. I don't know what you're talking about, Governor. How do you spell heart? No, no, heart. Just like a picture of a... We don't put pictures in the Oxford English Dictionary. No, that's right. It's a word. The heart word. OMG. I'm LOLing, FYI. I guess if you're going to include every word, you got to include that, right? What else are you going to do? Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner, both celebrating birthdays this week. A tip, a tip of the mug. A tip of the, um, what, what was it they drank? That blue thing, that blue liquor they drank on Star Trek. 80 years old, both Shatner and Nimoy. Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock are 80 years old. Wow. And that makes you feel old, doesn't it? Happy birthday to the two of them. They actually both look great. They're both doing great. Can a bacteria violate copyright law? Apparently it can, according to... <laughs> I love this story. According to the heirs of uh, of James Joyce. See, um, they're getting out to the point where they can design uh, bacteria. They're designing life. Back in 2010, J. Craig Venter, the, the guy who cracked the human genome, announced the creation of the first synthetic life form. 
they took uh, they took this little this little bug, Mycoplasma capricolum, a little bacteria. They injected DNA into it, and they created a new life form, Mycoplasma mycoides. To uh, differentiate the synthetic DNA from naturally occurring DNA, they actually inserted a couple of quotes, one from physicist Richard Feynman, into the DNA, the other from James Joyce's novel, A Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man. Believe it or not, the estate of James Joyce, the author of that novel, has asked them... To remove the offending quote, it's a violation of copyright. Well, I'm afraid it's too late. This thing, (laughs) what are they going to do? Kill all the bacteria? That would be genocide. They coded uh, the the quote, to live, I hope I can say this so it won't get sued. Can I say this? I think I can. The quote is, to live, to err, to fall, to triumph, to recreate life out of life. That's a good quote. They encoded that into the DNA of the bug. They also took a quote from uh, Richard Feynman, the great physicist from Caltech. His quote, actually it's kind of a misphrase, but that's all right, paraphrase. What I cannot build, I cannot understand. Both very appropriate to building life. Feynman, uh, the the folks at Caltech even were a little upset. They sent a uh, picture to uh, Ventner. A photo of the blackboard in which he put the quote, and it showed that he actually wrote, what I cannot create, I do not understand. That's close. (laughs) They're actually going back to fix the Feynman quote. I don't know how they're going to handle the James Joyce quote. 88, it's, what a world. OMG, FYI. 8888-ASK-LEO, that's the phone number. Let's talk about tech. You and me, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. song that is in some way applicable to what we're talking about, but I can't. It's computer world. It's craft work. All right. I get it. We're in the computer world. 88, 88. That was too obvious, you see. I was trying to figure out, does it have something to do with the Oxford English Dictionary? I couldn't figure it out. 8888-ASK-LEO is the phone number. one 888 at 33 after the hour. Scott Wilkinson joins us to talk home theater. Meanwhile, Brandon's on the line. He actually was on hold for an hour yesterday. We didn't get to him. I'm so sorry, Brandon. Thanks for your patience. Uh, no worry, Leo. How are you? Thank you for calling back. I'm great. What can I do for you? Uh, well, I wish uh, I had a more fun to topic to talk about, but um, long story short, the wife on her new Studio Dell laptop opened up that nasty UPS. Uh, ah, the UPS virus. Got the virus and... Uh, so I just need some help going down the right road because it's uh, taken over the computer. I got all the fake Windows 7 total security, 2011 pop-ups everywhere, and uh, it screwed everything up. And I've heard you talk many times about using D-Ban, and I want to know if that's the right road 
to go down. Yeah, D-band is more for privacy than security. Well, so what did she, she got an email that said, uh, this is UPS, your package, we didn't, we couldn't deliver it? Yeah, she was the one out of a million people that really was kind of looking to hear back from UPS, so she'd uh, open It works, believe me, they wouldn't do it if it works, so it says click this link to reschedule. I don't know, I wasn't there, but uh, she just handed me her laptop and the fake antivirus that wants her to, you know, to purchase the program. It's popped up, I wish I had five bucks for every pop-up that I'm looking at. Ugh. So there are, if you, there are, you know, I'm looking at the Symantec website, simple fix for the UPS virus and so forth. So let me, you know, and it isn't, it isn't very complicated. Um, I'm not sure that this is sufficient though. And this is, this is the, uh, this is the story on this. Uh, and you've heard me say this many times. I had a kind of a conversation with a tech guy uh, this week who said, and I, I, I hear this pretty frequently. Oh no, I can disinfect any computer. Bring me the computer with a virus, and I can run tools that will disinfect it. And he sh- told me what his tools were and so forth. And uh, it is possible that that's true. Uh, in other words, you probably could get a disinfectant tool, especially if you just have the one virus, and disinfect, and, and, and you won't see the symptoms anymore. Here's the problem. Nowadays, there's so much money to be made in infecting your computer, taking it over, and uh, selling it to the highest bidder for you know, sending spam or attacking other computers, that kind of thing. They're not really trying to get you usually. They're just trying to use your system and your connectivity. There's so much money in that that they're very uh, careful about not getting removed. So what happens? The first infection, maybe the one you see, maybe you can get rid of it. But it may have let in a 100 other infections in the background, and, and some of them are hiding out as root kits. We've seen, I hate to say this, but we've, we've seen now a uh, proof of concept that shows that a virus could store itself in your video card. You know, many of uh, many computers now have areas of non-volatile memory. You know, you, there's a CMOS, of course. All computers have had that for, since the PC was invented in 1981. But there's other places, too, now, the video card being one, where you uh, a, a clever virus could actually hide. You'd reformat the drive, and then it would reinfect your machine. So while it's possible you can disinfect... I think it is foolish to assume that your skills with a Z are so clever and great that you can, uh, can with, with absolute certainty say, nope, you're safe now. Go ahead. Enjoy yourself. He, he sent me a, um, see, here's somebody in the, uh, in the chat room saying, oh, I disagree, Leo. If you know what you're doing, a good tech can remove a virus. This is the, to me, this is scarier than the viruses themselves, is these techs who have, or are, so, have so, are so cocky, have so much hubris, and there are a lot of them. That they say, oh, no, I, I'm the greatest. I can remove anything. And, uh, you know, a little knowledge is a bad thing. The problem is these guys haven't really studied security. They haven't looked at what the security experts say. The security experts are very, very, very clear. If you get an infection, the only way to absolutely be sure that you don't have it anymore is to do exactly what you're suggesting, Brandon, which is erase the hard drive. Now you have to clear the, <laughs> the memory in your video card. Clear your CMOS and start over. And you have to start over from a known good source. Then you very carefully restore your data, which may also have uh, bad stuff in it. I mean, it's really, the, you know, the, the true thing that, that everybody should say, I wish these guys would say it too, is don't get the thing in the first place. Do everything you can not to. Unfortunately, Brandon, you know, a lot of people like your wife just want to use a darn computer. 
They don't want to become security experts. They just they just want to use the darn thing. I I have I have deep sympathy. So here, here, so what do you do? Um, you don't need to use D band. Uh, it's okay to use D band. D band. The idea of D band is it writes overwrites the erased data and starts over. It's more for privacy. Uh, a simple format, you know, and reinstall is fine. Okay, so how, how do I re? Am I going to be reformatting the C drive technically? Well, yeah. So what you're going to do? You have a Windows disk. Here's the deal. I've got uh, two computers. I got the studio laptop, which has the virus. And then I've got my Inspiron desktop that I have not 32 on, and I have absolutely no problems with that. So the uh, I've got the installation disk for Windows 7 Professional that came with the uh, desktop computer, but Dell conveniently forgot to send me the Windows Home Edition when they shipped me out the laptop. So I was just thinking of putting the Windows 7 Professional back onto the, to the That's laptop. That's fine. If you have enough serial numbers, you can do that. You, you, so you don't even have the uh, system restore disks? No, I don't have the system restore disk, and I never yeah. made them. The only thing that I have is I've got the Windows 7 reinstallation DVD, and then I've got the drivers and utilities DVD that did come with the laptop. And I have those data that I care about on the laptop. It was never used that much. Good. <laughs> yeah. If, you know, the less you the less you restore, the better off you will be. Yeah, and I understand, like, the Microsoft Office will get erased, but I have no problem putting that back on. It's just... Right. You want to re... Truth, truth is, when you reinstall Windows, you want to reinstall all apps anyway. Yeah, exactly. I don't have that many yeah. apps on there, so I just need a little... A simple format and a reinstall will be just fine. It'll rewrite all... You know, you'll format the entire drive, you'll rewrite the master boot record, everything will be gone and you'll be fine. Okay, so what do I do? What do I... I'm looking at the... All the pop-ups. Now, uh, Luke, Luke Stratton's saying something actually interesting in the chat room. This is this is true on some Dells. If you press F8 on startup, there's an menu entry called Dell Data Safe that may let you restore this as long as right from the Dell computer. In other words, uh, as long as that partition is not infected. Well, here's what happened when I closed down the system and then I restarted the computer. I held down F8, and all that happened was it beeped continuously. <laughs> And that, but yeah, that's what it's that's what it's doing because you're holding it down and saying, "I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it." There's only a 20 keystroke buffer in there, and it's re auto repeating. That's beeping's normal, but it never booted. No, it'll just you never into loading up Windows and asking for my password. It doesn't stop at any other screen. Oh, all right, yeah, just start over. You know what? It's so fast now to install Windows Seven. Thank goodness, uh, Microsoft it really is giving you an image that you just blast on there. That's what I would do. Do format it though. Delete any additional partitions except for the Dell partition. You should be okay. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. 
8888 Ask Leo. This portion of the Tech Guy Show is brought to you by Carbonite.com. Backup done right. If you haven't tried it yet, go there right now. Carbonite.com. Use the offer code Leo. You can try it free for two weeks. It is the best. Now, Scott Wilkinson, do you recognize this fine Celtic music? I do indeed. Indeed, I do. It's me playing the recorder on that. I don't know where you got this, Kyle. <laughs> I can't. Kyle's amazing. He, well, he he's pretty amazing. That's true. That is uh, an, a traditional Irish tune. He says he thinks you're amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. So, yes, where is true. is that recording uh, on the internet? It must be. That must be where he got it. No, actually, I sent it to him. Oh, you sent it to him. <laughs> he asked oh, me. Oh, <laughs> I get it. It is, it is on uh, the album that my wife and I recorded uh, some years ago. Uh, it's a traditional Irish tune on which she is playing guitar. Uh, I'm playing recorder. Uh, we also had a fiddle player and a piano player. And uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a jaunty little tune. A jaunty little number. <laughs> Scott is the editor-in-chief of the Ultimate AV Magazine, ultimateavmag.com, and the uh, and the guy in charge of... Uh, Steve Martin's calling me. Hold on a second. I, just, I, should, oh. I should just say hi to Steve. Of course you should. Hey, Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve. Steve, can I call you in an hour? <laughs> hey, Leo. Hey, Steve. We're, we're in the middle of another segment. Can I call you back in about an hour? You're looking yeah, great. I want to make sure it works. I'll call you later. It, it looks great. Bye. Bye, bye Steve. <laughs> bye. Take care. Hey, Steve, I love your stuff, man. Oh, two ladies fan. gone. <laughs> oh, no. That was a cute I have thing. been a fan of his for a long time. <laughs> Okay, sorry to interrupt. I know, I know, we should ask him about home theater. He probably has one. Maybe he has one. Maybe he needs some help. I'd be happy to help him. I will tell him that. We're going to talk to him in about an hour. Okay, great. That's the cutest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he is a, uh, this guy, Scott Wilkinson, is a a home theater expert, a columnist for uh, Home Theater Magazine at hometheatermag.com, and uh, joins us every week around this time if Steve Martin doesn't butt in. (laughs) <laughs> to talk about home theater. Hi, Scott. Hey, Steve can butt, butt in anytime he wants. I know. What a great, I mean, he's just wonderful. And, you oh, know, it's been fun guy. getting to know him through the, through the Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's a radio show crasher. He's got a new, <laughs> he's got, we're going to talk about his new album that just came out. Uh, kind of oh, similar yeah, music. That's right. He's a banjo player. He's, he's a actually, banjo player. Uh, yeah, he is a very good banjo player. Uh, yeah. I'd love quite, to have him on proficient. some of my work. Well, I'll tell him. Send guy. Right. Yeah. Right. If he, if he needs a win guy, I'm available. His new bur- his new uh, album is called Rare Bird Alert. Oh, cool. I think that he's doing a uh, he just did a, a movie about birding. Anyway, we'll talk yeah. about that. We'll talk about that. I'll look I'll be listening in. Absolutely. So what can we talk about in the home theater realm? Oh, well, there's plenty to talk about. Um, first of all, first of all, I must amend something I said last week. Oh, uh, oh, no. <laughs> yes, I must. <laughs> We were talking about electrical grounding. Yes. Remember that? Yes. And I was you, talking about... I hope about, no one has died from our advice. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, I hope not, too. Um, I said something about taking all the ground connectors in, a, in the outlets and connecting them to a stake in the ground. Yeah. Now, uh, several electricians have written me since then and said, well, yes, but you have to make sure you connect it through the electrical panel. You can't just put it straight to the ground. Oh, interesting. Um, I, I must admit, I'm not 100% sure why that is, but 
there, several emails from electricians said, in no uncertain terms. Yeah, sounds like we killed somebody. I hope yeah. we didn't. Don't. I hope. Okay, we didn't. can I just say this? If you're if you're getting advice on how to handle electricity from us, <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> Bad idea. I was just talking conceptually here. <laughs> <laughs> just to be perfectly clear. It's just a concept. It was just a concept of how to do the it. The fault now, protection know, circuit must go through the service entrance panel to, yes. to function. Precisely correct. Okay. So I just wanted to make Let's sure. Be clear about that. Understood that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now that we have that out of the way. Yes. I can talk about some other listener questions that have come into my inbox this week. Um, one was, in terms of calibrating a television or yes. even setting it up, just u- doing the basic user controls of brightness and contrast, uh, the question was, do I do that with dynamic contrast ah. turned on or off? And this is a very good question because virtually all TVs come with something called dynamic contrast, which changes the overall amount of light coming off of the TV depending on the overall brightness of the scene. So if you're in a bright snow-covered mountain daylight scene, it's very bright. If you're at night, say, for example, or, or in a dark room, say, for example, the, um, the opening scene from Master and Commander. Oh, which, yeah, that was so dark. It was so dark. It's yeah. one of my favorite scenes for testing something called shadow detail otherwise it's a big blob black blob exactly exactly a good tv you'll be able to see subtle variations between uh, one level of darkness and another slightly different level of darkness. that's because it's it's in the film that's why people used and I, i guess they're not using it as much anymore but they used film i'm sure that movie was shot on film because it had that capability you yep. could get detail in the darkest darkest scenes but yep these modern digital panels uh, if they're not really good may not show that detail that's correct. Now, I'm sure you can capture it in, in uh, digital as well as on film uh, with the new digital cameras that they're starting to use quite a bit now. Uh, but, but you're exactly right that it's the display where the weakness is, where the problem mm-hmm. could potentially be for the most part. Um, <clears throat> so that's one of the things I look at when reviewing TVs is, where, is how well it displays this shadow detail. Right. Anyway, back to the question of, do I turn dynamic contrast on or off? And the dynamic contrast system in a dark scene like that will lower the overall light level coming out. So you get an, an effective increase in dynamic range or contrast. The problem with it is, for me, I can see it working in many cases. You know, you can see the black level rise and fall um, as particularly in a scene, uh, well, in particularly in movies, where you have a black bar on the top and bottom uh-huh. of, of the screen, uh-huh. you can see that black bar, the, the blackness of that black bar change as the dynamic contrast. Oh, that's not good. I don't want it's that. That's not good. No. I don't want that either. I don't no. like that. No. So I turn dynamic contrast off. Dynamic is bad. <clears throat> well, I think it is. Now, my colleague and good friend Tom Norton, he likes it. And really? Yeah. So he, in fact, calibrates with dynamic contrast on because that's how he watches real material okay so what you're saying is it's a matter of taste yes bad taste in tom's case and your good taste (laughs) i would never say that i'm just teasing but so that so but there isn't there isn't a right answer but you should know what the difference is correct correct and you should set up your tv 
based upon which way you prefer to watch. I never watch in dynamic. I, I I didn't even realize that dynamic was changing things. So, I, but yeah. I never watch a dynamic. I usually watch. There's a movie sometimes or. Um, ah, well, now you're talking about two different things. Well, that's you're not talking, the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. Because I have a setting that's uh, you know all that's the different dynamic. settings. It's dynamic. Right now, that is uh, that setting that you're talking about is of a parameter called picture mode or i think in the case of the pioneer i think they just call it picture right i'm not 100 percent sure but it's picture mode and it may very well be now what that what the picture mode does is it sets up it's a preset that automatically sets up the contrast and the brightness and all the controls including dynamic contrast which is a different control and in the dynamic mode i would not be at all surprised if dynamic contrast was turned on Whereas in, say, the movie mode, dynamic contrast might very well be turned off. As, dynamic as is of that, that setting that we always tell people not to use because that's what's, what is, what's in the store because it, it, it pops at you. Correct. That's yeah. exactly correct. And, and it's important for having in the store so that it's, it's very bright and dynamic. But in your home, you don't live in a showroom. Scott Wilkinson, UltimateAVMag.com. Hang on, Scott. I want to talk a little more about this in a second. You bet. Steve Martin from his new CD, Rare Bird Alert. We'll talk to Steve in about 45 minutes. I owe you, Scott, because he interrupted. <laughs> so I'm give hey, you a few... I'll, I'll be interrupted by Steve Martin anytime. <laughs> I'm going to give you a few extra minutes. This is so good. I love it. This, this new CD, Rare Bird Alert, actually is really fun for Steve Martin fans. He has some very funny material as well as just instrumental banjo work, which, of course, he's amazing at. But he does, a, he does a King Tut, which was a big hit for him. In the, I think in the 70s. 70s, yeah. yeah. I remember him singing that on Saturday Night Live. And he also does a very funny song, which he did on Letterman a couple of weeks ago, called Atheists Don't Have No Songs. And it's <laughs> it's a hoot. It's, it's a super hoot. You it's can find a, it on YouTube. I yeah. found, that's where I found it yeah. on YouTube. It's him yeah. singing live with a, a gospel quartet. Oh, yeah. Great, well, it's great gospel quartet. It's not the Steep Canyon Rangers. It's somebody else. It might be. It might be. It might very well yeah, be the same. He plays with the, the, this great bluegrass. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk to Steve in about 45 minutes. But we were talking, and I, wanted, I, didn't, I didn't want to uh, end without explaining this calibration issue. You got an, yeah. an email from a, a, a listener. In fact, I've gotten a number of emails. I just got an email the other day from a listener who said, we got a brand new HDTV. Do we have to calibrate it? Mm. And... Uh, I suggested a, a, a DVD that you and I have talked about before that I use. I, I'm cheap. I didn't want to spend 400 bucks on a calibration, a guy <laughs> coming in. Uh, so yeah. I bought this Digital Video Essentials mm-hmm. uh, DVD. There's a Blu-ray version and a DVD version. I got the, the Blu-ray version and, and used that. And it, it, yep. it you know, gets you, I don't know, 50%, 70% of the oh, way. Oh, 70 or 80% the way there, probably. Probably. If you, again, we were talking earlier about the picture mode, which is one of the first parameters in any TV's picture menu. If you hit the menu button on the remote, you'll come up with several menus, pictures, sound, setup, some other things. If you go into the picture menu, one of the first parameters there is going to be called picture mode or mode or picture or something like that. And it's going to have several selections. And we were talking about this earlier one, and it's probably going to default to vivid or dynamic, which is great for a store showroom 
but people don't live in a store showroom, so they really don't want that setting. <laughs> they want the setting called movie or cinema. And that sometimes give- bugs people because it's darker. It, 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 at first, yeah. it doesn't look as exciting. Correct. Correct. And I always say, please, please, just live with it for a little while. Get used to it. Because in the end, you're going to have a much more comfortable, much more pleasant, much more accurate picture right. that, people, that you're really going to like in the long run. I, I almost guarantee it. So uh, uh, cinema or movie cinema or something or like movie that. Or something like that. Then what you want to do is you want to take a disc like Digital Video Essentials, or in the case of Blu-ray, it's called Digital Video Essentials HD Basics. Mm-hmm. And uh, you want to set what are called the basic user controls. And those are contrast, brightness, sharpness, color, and tint. Sometimes uh, color is called saturation. Sometimes tint is called hue. And uh, the, the disc will help you set those controls precisely for your particular TV. Here's the key. Even though you, you might have the same model TV as your next door neighbor, there might be, there probably are, in fact, set slight differences in the precisely correct settings of each of those controls because there are sample variations. You know, mm-hmm. resistors come off the line and they're plus or minus 1% or 5% or something. So each, of, each TV, even from one sample to the next of a given model, is going to have slightly different settings. So if you want to, if you want your TV to look its best, almost its best, then you set those controls as you did with digital video essentials. Right. And that will get you, I'd say, easily 80% of the way there, in most cases, at least. Then if you want that extra 20%, if you're a serious video file, uh, you could call in a calibrator and spend several hundred dollars. Uh, but you know, for most people, setting up those basic controls with digital video essentials or High Definition Benchmark by Spears and Munsill. Um, oh, so there are other discs as well. There are other discs, not okay. just Digital Video Essentials. That's that's one of the best known ones. Right. But Spears and Munsill is also a very good one. And that will get you most of the way there, and you'll really see a beautiful picture, the best picture almost that uh, the, that that TV can produce. Perhaps even really the best picture that a calibration wouldn't really improve significantly. So... That's that's what I think you need to do. And we get back to this dynamic contrast issue, which is in, also in the picture menu, along with contrast, brightness, sharpness, color, tint. There's a an, a, a, an item called dynamic contrast or something like that. And you can turn that on or off. Sometimes there's low, medium, high or off. And when you turn that on, as I was explaining earlier, the overall level of light coming off the, the screen changes. The black level and the white level, in other words, changes depending on whether it's a dark scene or a bright scene. Some people prefer it, like my friend Tom. Others don't, like me. Uh, so you turn that on or off, and uh, I would set these basic user controls uh, with that control on or off. Uh, depending on whether you want to watch regular content with it that way. Now, another guy, Bob Williams, the chief product architect at Runco, a very smart guy, uh, he thinks it's always better to calibrate, set the contrast and uh, calibrate the grayscale with the dynamic contrast off uh, because it typically compresses the high end. So the difference between almost pure white and truly pure white 
gets lost mm. with dynamic contrast on. And you want to be able to set that contrast level uh, accurately. And so if you have dynamic contrast on, you might not be able to do that, is what he's saying. So he'd rather see everybody set those controls with dynamic contrast turned off and then turn it on if you want to, if you prefer the look of the picture that way. So, so there, are, there is some controversy about this. This is not a clear-cut issue. Um, the clear-cut issue is don't let the, don't keep the TV in the picture mode called vivid or dynamic because that's going to hurt your eyeballs. You're going to need sunglasses. You know, future's so bright, I, I'm going to shade, as it were. <laughs> Don't wear sunglasses so, while you're calibrating your TV either. That's, that's also true. A good yeah. tip. <laughs> and, you know, those 3D glasses, you don't wear them when you're calibrating. Hey, do you calibrate 3D TVs differently than you calibrate 2D TVs? Yes, great question. And absolutely the answer is yes, if you can. Now, here's the problem. There are no 3D calibration discs available. Oh. There's nothing yet available. I know people are working on it. Are there certifications for 3D calibrators? Can I hire somebody to do this? Uh, no, actually. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think ISF or THX certifies 3D calibration. Uh. Now, they, THX does certify 3D TVs. I believe they I believe they do have some internal test patterns that are 3D that allow them to measure and calibrate and test 3D TVs in their 3D mode. But here's the problem. If you only have 2D test patterns and you play them on a TV that is capable of doing 3D, that TV may or may not have what's called a 2D to 3D conversion. Uh if it does, then you're fine. You can calibrate a three, the, the 3D mode of a 3D TV because it'll take the 2D image coming from your Blu-ray player and convert it into 3D. And then what you do is you aim your, uh, you, you, you put on your glasses and you set the controls. Uh, but some TVs do not have a 2D to 3D conversion. So if you send them a 2D signal and you put them, force them into their 3D mode, you see two images and it, it's all messed up on the screen and you can't really do anything. So this is a problem that is addressed by the newest crop of Panasonic Blu-ray players, which have a 2D to 3D mode or conversion in the player. So this is really important for those of us who are geeks and want to tweak our TVs uh, because then it doesn't matter whether the TV has a 2D to 3D mode. It's in the player. So any 2D disc, test disc, or one of these setup discs can be played in, quote, 3D, sent to the TV oh. in its 3D mode, and okay. it works just fine. Okay. But you're not so really that, calibrating it exactly. Well, you, you are. You are. I mean, you're you, getting brightness and contrast and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. You okay. can do all that stuff. Okay. Plus, you can, in fact, calibrate the more the more comprehensive calibration should, should um, you do two separate calibrations then one for yes. td and one for 3d okay absolutely because the light levels are way different the colors are somewhat different the whites are somewhat Can different you, you save have, the calibration for each separately yep yep okay. generally speaking you can most tvs have a separate memory for those two calibrations and you have to go so far as to take a meter. When you're doing a real calibration, you have this really expensive meter that you're pointing at the TV. Right. You put the glasses over the meter's lens so that it, it sees exactly what you're seeing when you look, put the glasses on your eyes. 
Thank you, Scott, for explaining that. Uh, home theater expert Scott Wilkinson is at ultimateavmag.com. More to come right after this. Report here, the tech guy. And we're talking about computers, internet, cell phones, camcorders, MP3 players, home theater, and all that jazz. At 33 after the hour, we'll also talk about banjos. With Steve Martin, banjo player. He's got a new CD called Rare Bird Alert. That is great. I've just been listening to it. Just fantastic. Features uh, the Dixie Chicks and Sir Paul McCartney. 8888-ASK-LEO, that's my phone number, 888-827-5536. If you have a question, a comment, a suggestion, a correction, back to the phones we go. Ryan is in Provo, Utah. Hi, Ryan. Leo Laporte here, the tech guy. Hello, Ryan. Speak to me, my friend. The world awaits the pearls of wisdom to drip from your lips. And apparently that's all we're going to get. Patrick in the East Bay, you're next. <laughs> East Bay of uh, California, I presume. Hi, Patrick. Hey, Leo. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? That is the East Bay, California. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> East Bay. Of, you know, they say East Bay. It could be. I'm sure there's East Bays all over the world. But in this case. You no. know, I, I thought you, were, you, you would know. So, um, <laughs> I know. Uh, hey, so I have a, I have a, I have a question. I have a, I'm a photographer here. And um, I have a project coming up. And I need... Something like audio booth for video. Basically, I have like two, 20 to 40 people who should leave comments that are then going to be presented at an event. Is ah, any- so you kind of, you you know, you kind of, in fact, they used to do this uh, in uh, in uh, Canada. City TV in Toronto had a, had a like a, a kiosk out front. This was in the 60s and 70s. They had a kiosk out front and you'd walk up, you'd press a big button and record something. And uh, and then they would put it on the air. So you want something like that? Well, not really, because it's not going to be at an event. Um, so people, you know, there are like twenty to forty different people that can they can record it from their houses, from their phones, from you know wherever they are. But I want to have it all centralized at a place, right? Site where I can easily pull it down and then you know burn it on a disc and take it somewhere else. So. Yeah, we've used a service that's a kind of like that. Um, the problem is, that, you know, you're going to have people doing this from their computers. They're going to have various uh, uh, quality cameras, internet connections, all of that. But as long as you're willing to live with that. Yeah, that, that's no problem. I mean, it's like a low-key event. It's um, more like okay. thing. So, you know, if it's okay. pixelated, that, that's totally fine. You know, YouTube is a is a starting point. They can just go to YouTube and record something right there if they have a YouTube account, and uh, and then send you the link from YouTube. Uh, but there are other sites that are kind of like YouTube that let you record short video messages um, that you could then maybe the problem with YouTube, I think, probably is that 
um, it's kind of public. And so yeah. maybe you don't want to do that. No, I don't. All right. Well, then I guess the one I would use is TalkBox, T-O-K-B-O-X. Uh, well, wait a minute. Now the, um, it looks like they went out of business. <laughs> Oopsies. Uh, let's see. An hour and I couldn't find anything. Oh, yeah, there are a lot of different ways to do this. Leo, you know. Hey, I got an idea. Now, do you think most of them will be uh, Facebook members? Yeah, probably. Well, yeah. Boom, boom, diggity. This is suggested. This is not a bad idea. You can also do it on Facebook. You could create. In fact, might not be a bad idea. Create a page on Facebook for this event. Okay. And then they- and okay. and then say go to the page and leave us a message. It's very easy on Facebook to record a video right from your computer. Hmm. All right. That that sounds. That might be. You know, people would probably be the most comfortable with doing that. I think. That's true, and I, I know a lot of those um, people. Actually, of them are a lot of uh, they are heavy Facebook users. So yeah. That's a, you know if if the, the negative is if somebody isn't a member of Facebook they can't leave a message but if if you think that the people are all members of Facebook there's actually a real advantage to that because now that event has its own Facebook page where all the videos will live you can then collate them of course and put them into your own video yeah I mean or show worst comes to worst I can always have people send me a video and I can upload it or something they can record it that's certainly the case uh, there's there's uh, you know there's a lot of uh, iPhone based apps like Social Cam, actually that's iPhone or Android, so there's a lot of smartphone-based apps that'll do this. Social Cam is one. Social. There's Q- QIK. QIK will do this. Now, uh, I'm, I'm at TalkBox, T-O-K-B-O-X dot com. It looks like uh, good news and bad news. As of April 5th, TalkBox video conferencing is going to be no more. So you have a month, or not even that long, seven days to do this. Um, but they are, there's, they have open sourced it and there's an API. Yeah. I'd say top talk box is kind of uh, no more. That's, that's the sad thing about a lot of the stuff that we're seeing right now on the internet is that it's great. It's free. It's exciting, but nobody's making any money. So eventually they just shut the thing down. I I'd say Facebook is the way to do it. All right. Um, we don't think they're going to shut down in the next few years anyway. Probably not. <laughs> probably. Hey, thank you, Patrick. That sounds like a fun idea. You know, if you were doing it, this would be great for a wedding. Any kind of family event, a graduation. You know, Noah's graduating from high school in June. Uh, let's make a Facebook page. Congratulations, Noah, 2011, or whatever. It has to have a unique name. Uh, and then people who have Facebook accounts can like the page. And they can go there and leave a message. And that will live forever, right? Or at least <laughs> five years. And Noah can go back and see, uh, the, you know, I mean, isn't that cool? Or, you know. John and Emily are getting married. Let's make a Facebook page for them. I think that'd be cool. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> um, message to Steve Martin. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Steve is a, a Twitter guy. Steve Martin to go is his Twitter handle if you want to follow him. And you should because he is about the funniest. He is, he is inventing new ways to use Twitter, basically. But apparently, uh, and we've had, this, we've had this conversation with him before. Not too good on time zones. He was he was pleading for a calendar program that would uh, that would solve this uh, time zone issue. You know, he just liked to enter the time and not have to worry about the time zones. Well, apparently, he's still having trouble with the time zones. He says on Leo Laporte Live TV at three thirty Pacific. No, it's twelve twelve thirty Pacific, Steve. Three thirty Eastern. I'm sure he knows. 
He says, I'm going to try to catch Leo in an infinite loop. <laughs> See, he's making programmer jokes now. What a geek. Richard and <laughs> Steve, you're going to be on in 20 minutes. Just, you know, FYI. That's in the dictionary. You can look it up. Richard in Redondo Beach, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Richard. Hey, thank you very much. Missed you from um, Tech TV and your uh, call for help, Dave. We're, we're recreating it. Oh, building man. It, that was the best. That was, I, I think that was the future of TV, actually. Fully interactive TV. And it's, <laughs> yeah, the it's future of TV done. that went out of business. But other than that... <laughs> and, and never been done since. It was, to me, well, that we're was trying to, real... We're, we're trying to do it again. It. Yeah, Google, Google the word TWIT, T-W-I-T. And uh, you'll find this podcast network that we're doing. That, you know, I'm building a new 10,000-square-foot studio just down the street. We're kind of trying to recreate it. The problem with Tech TV, it was on cable, and it was very expensive, $50 million a year down the tubes. But now, thanks to the Internet, I can do the same thing for one one-thousandth or what I don't even, not even that much of the cost. Great news. And, you'll keep uh, us updated then. Yeah, you just go to t- Google Twit. You find it, twit.tv, and we're, you know, we're really kind of working on uh, – it won't be as good as 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 something that costs fifty million a year. Oh no! But it might, but it might survive. All those people. <laughs> we do. We have great people. Yeah, really and then uh, I know that uh, it was a Bill Allen had to sell Tech TV. Paul Allen. That's his space program. I don't happened? know why he sold it. So the deal is, Paul Allen, fifth richest man in the world. He was. Uh, he and Bill Gates founded this little company called Microsoft. You might have heard of it. And he, um, he, you know, uh, he was losing, uh, you know, admittedly, he was losing money, $50 million a year. I'm sure he's making some of that back, but he was losing, you know, tens of millions a year on it. And at that rate, in about 4,000 years, he would have run out of money. Mm. So I don't blame him. I mean, you know, I you know, can't, can't force somebody to lose money. So he sold it to Comcast, which promptly gutted it and turned it into G4. But enough history. Richard, hang on, because we're going to answer your computer or technology question in just a bit. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Kyle, you've been you've been downloading music from the internet again. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Ask Leo. That's the phone number. Well, Jim Croce. You did see Kyle that the uh, the music industry is back at it again, suing uh, people for stealing music. And this time they want seventy-five trillion, trillion, not billion, seventy-five trillion dollars from LimeWire. <laughs> Kyle says, "Bring it." You're not using LimeWire; they're out of business. But you know, that's that. The judge even the judge said, "I mean, it's kind of self-evident." Said that's absurd. Yeah. That's they want seventy five trillion dollars in damages. Okay, whatever you know. What whatever? Hey, did we lose? I was gonna. Uh, I was gonna talk to. Uh, I guess we lost him. Um, the guy in the East Bay, 
Call back. I was going to talk to you. I wasn't done with you. I was just, we had to take a break. Let's go to Richard in Redondo Beach. Hey, Richard, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Okay. Um, uh, former East Bayer also, but no. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> at least at least I'm still in the East Bay. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of really quick questions. I don't want to tie you up. Um, the, the three that I that have really got me stumped, uh, uh, the three topics are MobileMe, ClarisWorks, and a problem with DoubleTwist. Okay. Uh, MobileMe, we got a new Mac. I got my wife a new Mac, and uh, uh, I had MobileMe when I first bought the Mac, and then I didn't. I guess I, I have to pay $99. Yeah, you can get it from Amazon for 79 but yeah, you have to pay for it. And By then, the way, don't don't pay for it now because it's absolutely certain that Apple is going to start giving this away next month. Well, that's good news because I uh, I didn't renew it. And good, I don't think you can at this point. I don't think you. I, I think that the reason we know this is certain is because Apple will no longer let you buy Mobile Me. Oh, fantastic! Hallelujah! Well, I, I is it? I'm of course. Of course, I renewed my Mobile Me last month. Yeah. For a year, but you know that's hey. Apple never has liked me. It, Apple, it, Apple, it Apple always liked Steve best. Sorry? Of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was tied into it, and now I can't, we can't. Oh, you were getting your mail at me.com, or your wife was? Yeah, we were. I mean, I, it seemed that the mobile me, uh, the, our email was tied into it, and now since I didn't renew it, I didn't pay the $99. We can't <sighs> me forward anything through email. Yeah. So what was her address? Was it something at me.com? Um, no, no. We, we have a complicated system. She uses AOL because... Okay. Of, well, then she can still... You just have to change the way Apple Mail is set up to point to something else. I guess you were having AOL, Mobile Me get the mail from AOL or have AOL send the mail to Mobile Me. Is that what you were doing? So. Yeah. So the good news is AOL still getting the mail. She can still see what she's got on, on AOL, right? Yeah. She's not lost any mail. No, but what happens is, like, say I, I look at what, something that you have on there and I want to forward it to my friends. You, you used to be when I would click on... Uh, uh, that's just a setting in the computer. says, uh, do you want to forward this or whatever. Yeah, that's just a setting in the computer because, uh, yeah, you had Apple Mail set up to use Mobile Me. Now there's no outbound email account you need to change that i would just you know what here's here's a solution it might be a little complicated for you richard but uh we'll put this in the show notes step one step one create a gmail account it's free right. go to g okay good okay step two in your apple mail you have two different um things in the settings you have an inbound email account but you also know there's an notice there's an outbound email setting. That's the SMTP, the mail transport. That was pointing to me.com. Well, it's not going to work because you don't pay for me. So just change that to the settings for Gmail for your Gmail account. Right. And you can you'll find those you'll find out Google has a document that says how to change Apple Mail to use Gmail for its outbound mail. It's actually a good choice. You can set Gmail not to use the standard point twenty five, which is Port 25 is frequently blocked by uh, internet service providers. You, you have it use SSL. It'll work everywhere. It'll, it, you know, it's, it's always up. It's very robust. I don't even, you know, I have email through other providers. I always use Gmail on all my computers as the outbound mail. So that'll fix that problem. Great. That, thanks. And I appreciate the, the show notes. You have a great staff. The guys that uh, man the board, the phone boards and the chat room guys. I mean, yep. they're the unsung heroes on your show. 
I agree. Oh, man, uh, I, you're right. You are right. That's James DeRuvo's writing all that down. It's at techguylabs.com. Right. The other two things really quickly, if you can hit this, is uh, we're Mac fans. I had, She had an old eMac before this one. She has a lot of her stuff on bills on the old Claris works. And now we can't transfer. There's no if if, you, if it's too hard, you can put it on your show notes, and I'll catch it later. Yeah, the Claris works is gone, as you figured out. Right. Uh, in fact, uh, Apple bought Claris. Right. We kind of was never actually was always part of Apple. It was kind of a spinoff from Apple. Uh, they turned it into Apple Works, uh, and now that's gone. You know, they they want you to use iWork. Does she have the data in yeah, the Claris I mean, works file? old emac which we still plugged in but we put it on a on a separate little computer table and uh she wants to put that on a new mac all her bills and stuff like that uh and well, yeah you can you can import that claris works stuff you would i would think that i work could read it but i think it does not which is really annoying right. but if you if you just uh google room get your guys yeah yeah just just to Google, you need to you, you, Google uh, import Claris Works. I'm not sure if it's in the, is it in the database or is it in the word processor? What part of Claris Works is it in? It's in the processor. Word. Okay. So you can easily import it. If you Google import Claris Works files, you'll see there's a whole bunch of articles. Most of them are kind of old. You want to find something that's a little, little recent uh, that'll allow you to, uh, to do that. Um Let's see. On the file, Claris Works save as. You see, they want you to. All right. Do you still have Claris Works running or no? I uh, on her old Emac, yes. Oh, good, 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 good. Then you just use it, export it from Claris Works out into a more standard format. You'll have a lot of different choices. Um, I would suggest RTF. That's everybody can read that. Great RTF. All right then. The other thing yeah. is, uh, if you can hit this real quickly, is uh, I'm having trouble uh, transferring from my Android, my Fascinate, Verizon Fascinate. Um, pictures of my wife and stuff like that and uh, little video clips through um, Double Twist. Uh, is it because some of my videos, the videos, the pictures transferred fine, but the videos, if, is it because they're more than 60, some of them are more than 60 seconds long and won't transfer? No, that shouldn't make a difference. Can you see them in Double Twist? Uh, I don't know, not really. All right, so what you want to do is put your connect your phone via the USB cable. Okay. And then uh, you'll be your phone will say, "Whoa, hey, I'm connected to a computer. You want me to be a disk? Right. You want to turn on USB storage? You say yes. And now you'll on your Mac, you'll see your phone as a hard drive. You browse through that, you'll see all the everything, all the data, including all your pictures and your movies, and you can just drag them, drag them into the computer. Hey, thanks for the call, Richard. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Steep Canyon Rangers, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. This portion of the tech guy show brought to you by my friends 
at ESET. They make a great antivirus, both Mac and Windows, not 32 for Windows, and ESET cybersecurity for the Mac. Find out more at ESET.com slash Leo. I love this CD, I got to tell you. Thanks. For some reason, I all I can see is on my iPhone is... Uh, I can see you. It says headphones and mute. That's all I can see. <laughs> well, exactly. you don't need to see me, Steve. I'm, I'm telling you, it doesn't change. The picture doesn't change. But I do yeah, see but you. Yeah, I like to see myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't get rid of this thing. It won't go away. What do I do? <laughs> where's my escape button? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Martin's on his... Uh, on his iPhone and FaceTiming into us, which is great. The sound quality is excellent. What's going on here? Oh, now he's sideways. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, well, my. I'm trying to get rid of this thing. <laughs> Hide sources. There we go. There. there go. Now, can hey, you see I'm yourself? Back. Yeah. I can see myself. You've heard of Steve Martin. He uh, he is, uh, well, of course, according to the uh, CD, a human cannonball, among other things. Have you, uh, actually, well, have you actually done that? Never done that. Now my iPhone stand is falling. <laughs> I bought this little stand. It worked great last time I talked to you, and now it's playing dirty tricks on me. These It's, it's a... It's a tech item, of course. So, it's, of course, it's not working. Then the tech items never work on this show. So, Steve's last uh, CD we, we we talked about the, called the Crow Banjo, great banjo album. You've got a new one just came out last week called Rare Bird Alert. And that's uh, right. And by the way, I got to show you this. You geeks will. Ah, this is driving me. What did I pay for this? <laughs> Maybe that'll work. Maybe this will work. Okay. Look at this vinyl. Wow! They made a vinyl, vinyl. version. Absolutely. Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't know. That seems to be a hot item for certain people. It's the kids the today. The kids buy vinyl again, oddly enough. I don't... That, yeah, people are buying vinyl. Uh, it's very weird. Well, it's a and wonderful you... album. you got Sir Paul McCartney singing on it in a beautiful love yeah. song. I just love... And the Dixie Chicks. The Dixie Chicks. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you do, and you do, and I guess you did this in your concert, you do King Tut. Uh, we do. We we uh, I put that on there so uh, people would know that our live show is actually... You know, I think people, when they go see uh, actors who do a music show, they worry that it's they're, they're trying to be rock stars and they're right. going to turn their backs on the audience and and just uh, play solid music. But we really do a show, and I, I put that on there so they know we're, we also do humor. But there's a lot by of the you- way, I go ahead. There's a lot of YouTube video also of your shows. Yeah, there is a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. So people are interested. Uh, by the way, I figured out how to resolve my. My tech issues from last time with the time zone and all that. Yeah. And what I do is I don't worry about it. I have a sort of, <laughs> uh, what do they call it, uh, workarounds yeah. that work for me. It means yeah. I can never I can never adjust the time zone I'm in on my computer. I can't do that. Right. It means I can never get internet time. So I have to tell my computer I'm always in Pacific time zone. Right. And then, and then I have all these kind of workarounds. And then every two years... When I get a new computer, I do about every two years. Yeah. Then I have to remember everything I've done, and that takes about a day. And then I'm uh, good for another two years, so I don't worry about it. That's not I don't bad. Have to call, call you up every other week. If, if you call me every two years, I'd be happy. Oh well, well, yeah. Or sooner. How much? How much for a house call? <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. So I, I, okay. I did want to uh, ask you because you, 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 you uh, I know you had some iPads, the original iPad. Did you go out and get an iPad too? No, I haven't yet because I, I know as soon as I had some time to go get one, I, I all I heard was sold out. Right. So I was going to wait. Yeah, they are and, pretty much. Uh, but I will get one. Are they? Is it, you think it's a, a good thing to? Uh, you know, you, you have. Know, a, I use I use an iPad on stage as a set list. I know. I've seen pictures of you, yeah. and I think mm-hmm. that's cool. But you oh, it works fantastic. So so it, so on there is just the can, the, the songs you're going to play. 
you're holding the iPad too. Can you hand me that? Through yeah. The, would you like that? The, I'll just uh, yeah, shove that just through hand the, it through. Thank the you. camera there. Uh, it's, new iPhones are amazing. <laughs> it's so thin. It just fits right through. Um, I like them. They're lighter. But, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot more, unless you wanted to use the camera for some reason. I don't think there's a whole lot of reason to run out and buy an iPad. Yeah, so. I, didn't, I didn't know, but you don't need the camera. To do. Do, you, do, you, so do, you, do you do my any... question for you? Or yeah. you, you ask. Go ahead. You're well, the, I was just going to say, <laughs> I'm the interlocutor. Do you do any, uh, any other social stuff, uh, media stuff, maybe under a phony name and with a mustache no. and stuff? No. No, I don't. I uh, well, I, I do the mustache. Oh, but that's just around the house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I uh, no, I don't. I do Twitter, and that's pretty much it. I have I have a, a sort of a moribund Facebook page that we did for the first record. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, record company did that, but I I don't really understand that. And I, I, uh, Twitter's enough. You seem One like you you enough. enjoy Twitter. I do enjoy it, and I. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and lay, uh, lie there and, and think, what will I say today? How interesting. And sometimes, like, three things come to me, and I write them down for maybe the next couple of days, and sometimes just nothing comes. <laughs> and I, uh, and sometimes I tweet, I have nothing. <laughs> you, and people seem to enjoy that as much. You, you have been of late replying a lot to people, which is great. So you're actually engaging well, in conversations. Well, I didn't know how to at first. And I didn't know whether I should be afraid of it because it might instigate some kind of, I don't know what, you know, some kind of, uh, somebody might get too excited or something. So I didn't know what, what to do. <laughs> You're afraid somebody, and, <laughs> somebody yeah. oh my God, he just replied to me. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, and then I found out, but I, I like I say, I really enjoy the, the when pe- people genuinely have funny responses and I, I write them down and save them. I, th- I think they're they're really funny. I sort of save them in a file, and I I get some really funny response. I should have I should have uh, had them a little handy. Maybe I do have some handy. But I, I, I just love I love the so. stuff the one liners you throw in here. I mean, and I think they're yeah. if people aren't following Steve Martin to go, that's Steve's official Twitter uh, yeah. account. You should be. But I do. I think that what is kind of interesting, you know, I I, um, I spent some time with Regis Philbin showing him how to use uh, Twitter about a month ago, mm-hmm. and he kind of had this. Um, it felt like an epiphany. Oh my gosh, I can have a conversation. I mean, here's a guy who's been in show business for sixty years. I can have a conversation in real time with fans, and kind of break down that fourth wall. And it, I think yeah, he well, really I, dug it. Yeah, I I never quite believed. In you know, a fan to me is someone who's 16 and <laughs> you know adores right. a teen idol. That's a fan. Right. An adult is not really a you know a, a fan. There's there's someone who sort of occasionally sees a movie. To me, you know, they're not an obsessed fan. So I don't think of adults as fans. There are people that sometimes like what you do and sometimes they don't like what you do. So. Uh, you know, I never catered to fandom. Right. I tried to make as good a product as I could. And then, you know, that, that group you call fans is always changing. People are coming in and people are going out. So. But it is different when you're a celebrity on Twitter and interacting with people. It's not quite the same. And yet I think yeah, because yeah. of the filter of Twitter, maybe it is a little bit more like a, a natural interaction. I don't know. Uh, maybe. I... I uh, yeah, I always get confused when people say, oh, please follow me. 
Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I, and I think, why? why? What, what difference does it make? <laughs> you know, that, I don't know what to do. That makes uh, no sense at all. <laughs> yeah. You know, or please say hi or something. Right, right. You know, I, I, I really respond to people who, you know, that, are, that, I, that have said something funny and I want to let them know I thought it was funny. Sometimes you just can't respond. You, you might get four or 500 responses to a, a tweet and you just can't. You know, it's just too much. Right. Right. But, but um, now you are saving. We 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 uh, talked offline a little bit, and uh, uh, we we set up for you um, an account with uh, Gina Trapani's uh, Think Up. Oh yes, and so you are saving these tweets and all the responses. Uh, I I no, I save responses, the ones that I can read, and if I think they're they're you know funny or kind of interesting, I cut and paste them really. Right. Into, but 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 Think Up it. is saving them, whether you. Wanted to or not, you're saving all of that stuff. Oh, I asked her, and and she said they don't. You have to kind of specify. Oh, okay. I, I was a little unclear. You have to kind of specify. So you don't care about that, that particular thing. I think it's easier actually just to cut and paste. Steve, we got to take a break. Yeah. Hold on for just a minute, because I want okay. to place a little bit more of the CD. Steve Martin is with us. Leo Laporte, okay. the tech guy. Beautiful love song. I really enjoyed. How was it? How hard was it to get Paul McCartney to sing on your CD? Well, it's such a long story, uh, but uh, it started with emails. And I, uh, it's so funny uh, to, I, I recorded the song with me singing it and me playing it onto my iPhone, <laughs> and then I, I got a, a contact for Sir Paul and emailed him the song. Wow. And then he emailed back, and he said, "Yeah, I'll do it." It's just and beautiful. we communicated through email through the whole time. Yeah. The uh, the the rare bird alert title cut uh, you wrote while you were doing a, a movie up in Vancouver. Yeah, we're doing a movie. It'll be out in October, and it's called The Big Year. It's with Owen Wilson and uh, Jack Black. Can't I want, wait to, I want to call everybody Sir now. I want to say Sir, Sir, Jack, Sir Black Jack Black, and Sir Owen Wilson. It's only a matter of time. And uh, and it's about competitive bird watching. <laughs> it is <laughs> and if that doesn't make you want to see it i can't think of anything that will and the rare you know, bird apps there is many apps there, for bird right and there's a rare bird alert email right yes that you can get that you can call in you can read your code speak your code and get a rare bird alert and that's where the title of that song came from right. actually and the title of the album i know you enjoy playing the banjo it's a very different uh, form of uh, activity for you and you're so good at it and it's such a great CD uh, if people haven't uh, purchased it yet it's on iTunes for $10 Amazon has it I guess there's still record stores somewhere selling vinyl versions of it too um, Rare Bird Alert with the uh, Steep Canyon Rangers and you were telling me off the air that you're going to be performing at the mall on the 4th of July 
That's right, with the Rangers. And, uh, you know, that long, they sort of a long all-day show, I guess. Wow, that's and great. And we'll be there. That's great. We're going to premiere a new song there. Uh, this, uh, this story is called uh, Me and Paul Revere. It's, <laughs> I've just written this song. It's about the, the Paul Revere's ride, and it's uh, kind of a thrilling song. It's based on the new new facts that have emerged about Paul Revere's ride, and, and I've written it uh, from the point of view of Paul Revere's horse. <laughs> We finally, I guess that that diary that the horse kept uh, has finally surfaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it actually came out in a book by David Hackett Fisher, and it's called Paul Revere's Ride. It's a very interesting book. Uh, can't wait to read it. Steve also has a great website. Uh, I, I'm going to give you a plug here because it's really fun. It's called stevemartin.com. And there is, if you look on the right under the menu, there is previous funny stuff is a way to go back and see more uh, about, I mean, I, I can't believe these royalty checks uh, that you're getting. Yeah, for. I, exp- I uh, posted those. If you click on previous funny stuff, and then you come up and the headline says, uh, people say the music business is suffering, but it's not. And these are actual royalty checks <laughs> from my music career. Uh, the first one is for three cents. <laughs> <laughs> but it adds up, and I see by the end you got seven cents, yeah. so that's, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I've got a, one for seven cents there, too. <laughs> if the darn so, kids wouldn't just pirate your songs instead uh, uh, buy the uh, the CD, you'd be getting much more. I know. This, these checks would be for six cents <laughs> and ten cents. <laughs> Steve Martin saved GPS locations, and uh, you got to uh, go back a little bit in time to read the October tour ideas and i don't know i think it's very bold of you he also reveals his uh, his contract writer for the tour uh contract the, writer my yep. uh tour yep. writer the things that uh, steve demands you know here's a note my uh october tour ideas leaked I like this one audience seems to love it when i show up <laughs> <laughs> Just it is a it is, you know go to YouTube if you want to see some uh, clips I, I'm sure they're illegal but the and you can download a free song on there too oh there is so a free song on the site yeah yeah you can download the song Rare Bird Alert oh you can hey but one last question I don't I mean I don't want to keep your customers away from you uh, because I think they're dying to ask stuff but I I'm just curious if other people have the same problem I have on my PC with iTunes oh yeah it's very very slow yep. Uh, when I'm syncing my phone, I, you know, when you, when you just look at the screen, I can't get all the the dial, you know, those little dialogue that say your phone will sync and and then it goes dot 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 and it won't <laughs> won't even spell out all the uh, you know all the text won't even show it's busy. up. It's busy. It's thinking. Monitor. You'd think Apple would uh, would uh, do a better job for uh, on Windows software, but they're notorious. But you think that's intentional, or is it? I'm just no. wondering, is it me or is it? No, it's not you. It's universal. Everybody I know who runs iTunes, and by the way, that's. More, far more people than run iTunes on the Mac, uh, just because mm-hmm. Windows is so more prevalent, uh, so much more prevalent. Uh, all complain about it, and I, I don't know of a fix for it. I just think Apple does not know how to write Windows software. I guess I don't think mm-hmm. it's intentional. I don't think they do that. No, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't think so either. No, it's too big. It's too so. big of a business for them. Yeah, well, maybe if they just call me, I can help them. Yeah, you know, I think that's the key. Steve, it's such a pleasure talking to you. The website is stevemartin.com. Please get the new CD. You will love it. Uh, And the Dixie Chicks are so great. Yeah, and by the way, it's number one on the Billboard Bluegrass charts. You won won a Grammy the last time, so. Last one, we won a Grammy, and uh, yeah, we're very excited about it. So we're going to get Steve to do a show on the Twit Network in which he answers your technology questions. I think it'll be just fantastic. (laughs) And a medical question. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I can I, I have a uh, I can prescribe drugs. Too. Oh, that's wonderful. So yeah, it's a whole thing. I'm working on that license, and I can marry you. Steve, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. Okay, thanks a lot. Great to talk to you. Steve Martin, I'll play a little bit of this uh, Dixie. Take care, Steve. A little bit of this Dixie Chicks. uh, That's sort uh, of a slow song. Oh, what what do you you want? What should I play us Uh, out? Why don't you go out with the first song, Rare Bird Alert? That's a very upbeat tune. Yeah, we played a little bit of that before, but I'll play a little bit more so you can hear. Well, we'll uh, we'll play the end. It's just a really fantastic. Steve Martin, Rare Bird Alert. Thank you, Steve. Take care. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Oh, I love it. Everybody dance. Isn't that great? It's hard. It's hard. Thanks, Steve. Take care. It's hard not to be happy when you hear banjo music, isn't it? It should feel good. We'll get back to the phones in just a second. In fact, I've got to, I apologize for, I'm sure you understand, Richard in Redondo Beach. Thanks for, oh, actually, we talked to Richard. Matthew in Rhode Island. We're going to get to you next. But the crowd is excited about Matthew. But before we do that, I do want to mention my friends at Carbonite who do a great backup solution that you must have. Mac or PC, if you are not backing up your data off-site, you are running a great risk. It's fine to back it up to an external drive. I should have told Steve this. It's fine to back it up to an external drive sitting next to your computer. But if if the worst happens, you know, there's a fire or flood. I mean, I hate to bring up, you know, bad things like this. But if the worst happens uh, and you don't have a backup, that's off-site, you're going to lose everything. So a, a good backup strategy has two parts to it. One should be automatic, so you don't have to think about it. Two, it should be off-site, so that if something really horrible happens, you've got the data. This is what Carbonite does. Automatic. In fact, you could try it free for two weeks right now. It'll immediately start backing up using your Internet connection. It doesn't slow you down or the Internet, but it just it trickles the data up. Go to Carbonite.com. Use the offer code LEO. You've got to be prepared, as they say, for those just-in-case moments. And that's what Carbonite does for you. Easy to get started. It'll back up your files. Unlimited backup of all your personal data on your internal drive for just $55 a year. And it's all available to you at any time just by logging into your Carbonite account on your Mac, your Windows machine, even on the free iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry apps they offer. Carbonite.com. Free 15-day trial. And if you decide to buy, use Leo once again as the uh, offer code, and you'll get an additional two months on your one-year subscription. 14 months for the price of 12. Carbonite, C-A-R-B-O-N-I-T-E dot com. Offer code Leo. you got to back it up to get it back, so do it right with Carbonite. Hey, we got, wait, before I get to you, Matthew, in Rhode Island, uh, we, we were started to talk with Patrick in the East Bay, and then we lost you. Patrick, thanks for uh, hanging on. I'm sorry, for- first-time caller, so I, I I thought I was done. Oh, you didn't ask a question. You get a question. Well, I did. I, it's Patrick from the East Bay. I asked a question with the video. Oh, okay. So if, 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 you, if you got your question answered, I guess I can move on. Well, the, the thing is, um, you, you, you said Facebook, and you know, in the meantime, I checked it out, and it's kind of like not, probably not going to work because ah. you cannot download the videos from there, right? Because Ah, that's a good point, and you need to do that in your editing. That's a very good point. How do you get them from the Facebook? That is a uh, excellent point. I don't think you. I mean, you can. You can. Uh, there are hacks to do it, but Facebook doesn't have a download button, does it? Exactly. Yeah, it's a flash video. So if you, this is a, this is the case with. Um, let me see if the Facebook. Oh yeah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I wonder if. Facebook has a backup solution. I wonder if now, because their backup solution, 
you can download the videos as well. Let me let me check on that, Patrick. You don't have to hang on, but I'll answer when we get back. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. here the tech guy it's time to talk about the tech computers the internet cell phones camcorders mp3 players the twitter the facebook all that stuff 88 88 ask leo we've been working with patrick trying to find a way and i love this idea and i think i would like to find an answer to this question he wants to make a video oh, but but this could be of any any event let's say you have a wedding graduation bar mitzvah whatever he wants people, you know, you do, you, they, they, people do this at weddings, right? They, the videographer goes around and asks everybody when they're slightly inebriated, well, what do you think of the bride and groom? And they go, I love it. And, you know, you get this funny wedding video. Well, he wants to do so, something similar, except give people a chance ahead of time to leave comments on a website or whatever, video comments, or, or to record video. Now, one thing you could do, of course, is, uh, get a flip cam or an inexpensive camera that you can package up and send out and send it out to people and say, hey, record something and send it back to me. And as long as these are people you trust, you might get it back. And then, then you've got good quality video. It's easy for them. You, you know, a flip cam, you just, the instructions are simple. They, you just say, hey, take this out of the box. Point it at your face. Press the red button. Say something for 30 seconds. Press the red button again and then send it back. So that would be one way to do it. But I thought it'd be fun if you could do this on the Internet. And, of course, what we came up with some good solutions. YouTube allows you to record private videos. Facebook, perfect. You make a page for the, the, the lucky couple, and you let people befriend them on the page, like the page, leave messages. But then he asked a very good question. Well, now what? How do I get that video down? And, and uh, there isn't a, I don't think on Facebook, I don't remember there being a download this video button. I wish there were. But Flash Video in general, you know, you, you can't just right-click on it and save it. So there are a number of different ways to get this video. Facebook, of course, gives you a, a, the, the ability to download your entire Facebook uh, corpus. <laughs> Oeuvre. All the junk you put up there. You download your information. Get a copy of all the data you've put on Facebook. And in that, you get a big old zip file. And that zip file will be all of those videos. I'm not sure that's really <laughs> the best way to do it, but but at, but at least you can. Um, there's also services. I use a service called Backupify. You know, Steve was using that and didn't like it too much. I guess he was it wasn't working for him. I've been using it uh, since before they came out of beta, before they went public, and I every week get an email from Backupify that says, here's, you know, we've downloaded all your data from all of your social networks. It's Backupify is designed to back up your social media, your Twitter, your Facebook, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, they've, they've been doing that for me. So I, 
I'm not sure. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I, I recommend. I feel bad. I did recommend it to him, and he's not. He's not. Uh, it's not working for him. But I'm pretty sure it, it gets the job done. Um, I and so you could try that too. It, there's a free backup of five, but then uh, if you're going to back up a lot of data, uh, you want to you want to get the uh, pro account. But it will archive your Facebook, your Twitter, your Flickr, and all of that stuff. So Backupify, B-A-C-K-U-P-I-F-Y. And then there are a lot of different programs that will allow you to capture a, 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 a flash video from a website. Like uh, down uh, Speedbit makes one, S-P-E-E-D-B-I-T.com. It's a downloader. It's actually... Been around for a while. Downloader accelerate, download accelerator plus, and apparently they've updated that to uh, allow you to get flash videos as well. So there's a video downloader. I guess speedbit.com/video. That's actually kind of cool. This this one's free. It's a it's a video grabber. So it's a it's a toolbar, and uh, this might be the best solution. It it essentially adds a little icon. On your uh, on your browser that says you know click it and you can download the video from a page. I like that. That might be the way to do it. Speedbit video downloader. It's free. Speedbit.com/video. There are a lot of other solutions like that, but that sounds like a pretty good one. Actually, I have to thank a couple of guys in our uh, studio uh, for giving me that tip. There's where iPads very useful. They, they held up their iPad <laughs> with the word Speedbit on it. Yeah, the iPad can be very useful for that. Uh, I don't thank them by name, but I, I put your names here somewhere and I can't find it. But they have a, um, they're, they're uh, entrepreneurs who have a, a new website. Maybe maybe that's the thing I spilled all the water on. I think it is, actually. Here it is. Knocked over my cup. Uh, the uh, website is myinfoq.com. Donald uh, Holmes and Paul Voulis, uh, co-founders from uh, Australia. That's kind of neat. In studio today. My info. So myinfoq.com is a, a new startup website that you send a text. This, this is actually a great idea. You send a, a text query to it. So you, you actually don't go to the website necessarily. You just, can I give out the phone number or no? Really? It's a large audience. It's not going to put you out of business, is it? All right. So you'll, you'll send a text message uh, to... A short, what's what's uh, a, a phone number? It's, uh, it's a six five zero number six five zero. Now this, by the way, if you send it, it you should check, make sure this isn't going to cost you, or maybe you know it will, but it, it's going to cost you what it costs to send a text message. In my case, I have unlimited text messages, so it doesn't cost me anything, right? It's a free service. Six five zero four five eight seven 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 eight six five zero zero four five eight triple seven eight. And then you say, I want to, but, but send it a message of something you want to search for. So I searched for Mustangs, for instance, the car. And, uh, and then it sent me back some information, but even better, it saved that into uh, the website, myinfoq.com, and will continue to collect information. So it's kind of building an, almost a notebook of information based on uh, the search query. And you can have multiple search queries, multiple subjects. And it will just kind of sit out there. That I think is a good idea. Good luck on the startup. I think that's great. You just collect information, you know, in, in the background, and then you can visit the website and say, "Oh, look, all this new stuff." 
I'm sorry, Dugald, not Donald. I'm sorry. Is that how you say it, Dugald? Dugald. Scottish. Dugald. Well, good luck, guys. Myinfo, M-Y-I-N-F-O-Q dot com. And you just got a little scoop here because we gave out that phone number. They're in beta right now. They're just starting out. We'll put that in the show notes. Techguylabs.com. Techguylabs.com. That's where we put everything uh, as as I talk about it. We write down, uh, actually, James DeRuvo, our great note taker, writes down all of the information and then we uh, we stick it there on the website. This is show 756. Matthew in Rhode Island, you've been patient. I said I was going to get to you and I apologize. You're next. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, thanks, Matthew. Be uh, starting a um, podcast radio station, a kind of a co-op with some other artists and uh, recording people. We're, it's going to be like a broadcast recording studio. It's about four rooms. You know, there'll be a, um, a control booth, uh, a talent room, a sound room. Um, wow, this is a great idea. And an internet broadcast only? A broadcast room. Yes, yeah, actually just kind of like a little co-op. And, uh, you know, just uh, throughout the day, whatever time's available, anyone can, can come in and, you know, have a talk show, music show. We're going to have a... I love it. Um, we, a lot of us are artists, musicians, this and that. I'm just going to kind of have it open as a hobby. I've been listening to talk radio for 20 years. And, you know, I know it may, you know, I'll have a podcast going. I know maybe it'll run for a year and I may get 20, 20 followers. Hey, it may it may take off. But we're going to put some, you know, some, some decent amount of money into this. And... Uh, we're all pretty darn good with the electricity side of it and analog side of it, you know, uh, as far as um, PA systems and that kind of stuff. But now it's getting to the point where it's like, you know, we really need to know about storage capacity, upstream, upload. I know, um, you know, I'm learning a lot about, you know, delay time. Let me talk, we're going to take a break, but let me talk a little bit about what it would take to do this. It, Believe it or not, it is doable, and I'll explain that in just a bit. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. You're killing me, Kyle. The worst song ever. Rebecca Black. This is the strangest story. Oh, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. This portion of the tech guy show brought to you by my internet service provider, DSL Extreme, for high speed internet at an amazing, amazing price. Call 866, the number two, GetNet. To get DSL Extreme. So you know this story, right? Let me just, I'm just curious. I'm going to go check YouTube and see how many people have watched this video. It came out two weeks ago. It is, it is possibly the worst song ever recorded, but it's not intended to be a good song. It's, a, from, a, it's from a vanity recording service called Arc Music Factory, where parents buy basically... A song for their kids, you know, I don't know, just for fun or as a gift. 
So I feel I kind of feel sorry for this this girl Rebecca Black who's probably what thirteen or fourteen. She's not very old, and her parents bought from Arc Music Factory a song and and the video and everything. And she got her friends, and it's cute. It's fine. I mean, for what she didn't anticipate is that Arc Music Factory would post this on the internet in two weeks. Fifty seven point nine million views. 50, this is, I'm sure this is now the number one video on YouTube. This poor 13-year-old girl is essentially, I mean, these 57 million views, 58 million views aren't because people like her. They're because the song is is so horrid. But she's a perfectly nice 13-year-old girl. I guess she's probably making a lot of money, so maybe maybe that takes some of the sting out of this. You can get the single and the ringtone on iTunes. Of of this song, it's like the worst song. It the, the, even the lyrics are inane, but it's not the point. I mean, you know, she, this was a vanity project that their parents got for her as a gift. I'm sure, and her friends are in the video, and it's cute. And Arc Music Factory does it, unless I don't know. It's possible that uh, this was an attempt to become a famous pop star. Maybe that's. If that's the case, then maybe I don't have so much sympathy. But uh, if it's just something that she did because she's 13 and her parents gave it to her, I feel terrible for her because 15, 6, 7, 58 million people <laughs> have now seen this. She is as big a use as you can get on YouTube. And it, it I guess there is it is kind of oddly, in a bad way, catchy. <sighs> It gets it grows on you. Do you watch it? I mean, it's not fifty. It's not fifty-eight million people have watched it. It's, it could be five million people have watched it ten times. It's probably more like that, right? How many times have you watched this, Kyle? At least ten, he says. And you have the ringtone, so you're making. It's hilarious, he says. You're making this girl rich. I guess that takes some of the sting out of it. I guess I don't feel so bad for her. The funniest thing is that at some point she says Friday and then next comes Saturday and after that Sunday. Wow. No, really? <laughs> okay. So Matthew, meanwhile, in Rhode Island wants to start, I think, something that sounds much more uh, interesting and viable. It's Look, you know, maybe you've noticed this. Life is not fair. I can give you lots of evidence. You've, you've seen this application uh, called Color. For the iPhone and the Android phone. It's an interesting idea. The guy who started it, uh, uh, an entrepreneur, he started something called Lala, a music service which was sold to Apple for some considerable amount of money. This is his next thing. Now, because he is a tried and true successful entrepreneur with had a, had a big exit, he went to venture capitalists and said this, I want to do... <laughs> A uh, an iPhone and Android app called Color. It's a it, he had all the buzzwords: social media, camera app, sharing, pictures. You know all those words that all the entrepreneurs love. The the program, if you look at it, it's, it's pretty simple. In fact, it's kind of bizarrely simple. You, it, what what happens is you it doesn't really explain what's going on at all. It doesn't give you it doesn't it doesn't tell you anything. You just launch it and it immediately asks for your name. And a picture. 
without telling you what they're going to do with it or where it's going to go. And now you've whenever you take a picture, anybody within 100, anybody within 100 feet of your phone will see that picture and you'll see their pictures. It's, it's a proximity photo sharing is what it is. It's an it's kind of an interesting idea. I'm sure he planned he planned to launch it uh, at, at South by Southwest or one of these big tech conferences where you know if there were a hundred people you know a thousand people within 150 feet of each other it would be, be kind of interesting to see all their pictures right. But of course he didn't. You know they missed the deadline and they launched it after South by Southwest. But get this and this is where I I'm going with this this unfair part. Life is unfair. There's entrepreneurs out there with great, brilliant ideas, trying to raise money, pounding the pavement, knocking on doors, getting doors slammed in their faces. This guy, because he's had a success, he raised, for this application, this free, or maybe it's a buck, I don't know, this this cheap application, $41 million in venture capital funding. <laughs> Somebody wrote a check. The, now I got to point out the when Mark Zuckerberg said, "Oh, I think we'll raise money for Facebook," and went to Peter Thiel to to and asked him for some money. He got half a million dollars for Facebook. By the way, Peter Thiel, because of that investment, has some you know double digit percentage of Facebook. It's worth billions. This guy, Color, I you know there's no there's there's not they're not going to make any money on Color. Forty-one million dollars. I don't know what the, you couldn't spend that money on servers. What are you going? What is he going to spend that money on? He's probably in Honolulu right now on the beach. That's where I'd be. So uh, our caller Matthew has a great idea, which of course he's never going to raise a penny for because um, venture capitalists are more busy spending money on iPhone apps. But he has a great idea. I love this idea. He wants to start a studio. In in Rhode Island, where musicians can come and do shows on the internet, but he says, "But how do I do this? How do I broadcast this?" Very simple. It won't cost you a penny. There are two great sites for this. There's UStream.tv and Justin.tv. Both of these are free internet video broadcast sites. I know a number of people. In fact, some very accomplished musicians. Well, have you ever heard of Charlie Sheen, who used Charlie Sheen had two hundred thousand people watching him on UStream. They use these services absolutely free. The services will overlay, uh, you know, ads on there. It's just like uh, YouTube does. That's how they make their money. Um, but they're minor. They're not annoying. And people can close the ads. And you can you can have a 24-hour stream if you want it with live stuff. And all you have to do is promote it and get people to watch it. But it doesn't cost you anything. And if you've got two people watching, that's fine because you don't have to worry about it. it doesn't It's free. You can do it very simply with this with Logitech C510 cameras. They're at 70 bucks each. Have a few of those scattered about. One in one pipe, one decent. You don't even need anything special. Regular uh, DSL line, and that's it. You've got a studio. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. State that nearly 14 million years ago expansion started. Wait, the earth began to cool, the autotrophs began to drool, Neanderthals developed tools, we built a wall. We built the pyramids, math, science, history, unraveling the mystery. It all started with a big bang. Since the dawn of man is really not that long as every galaxy was formed in less time than it takes to sing this song. A fraction of a second, and the elements were made. The pipe that stood up straight.
straight the dinosaurs all met their fate they tried to leave but they were late and they all died Hi. the ultimate geek show big bang theory thank you kyle just remember kyle 75 trillion dollars <laughs> Leo LaFord, <laughs> the tech guy. This portion of the Tech Guy Show brought to you by, thank goodness we have sponsors. Those great folks at DSL Extreme, my internet service provider. What you, if you, you heard and saw Steve Martin, that was on DSL Extreme. That's how we got it. 866, the number two, get net to get. DSL, I don't know what his, uh, I don't know what his uh, bandwidth provider is, but that was, I was using DSL Extreme. 866, the number two, get net to get DSL Extreme. We pay, just so you know, because this is a radio show, we pay a lot of money. I don't know what the amount is, but we pay a lot of money in license fees so that we can use uh, recorded music. So, I, you know, they're, they're called ASCAP BMI fees. And, you know, Steve will get a check for three cents because I played his, uh, his song. Every every everybody gets paid. Everybody makes money off. That's that's the difference between. That's why you hear on free music on the radios. Although I just saw this, in a, there's a European. I think it was Belgian. A European music agency. This happens in the U.S. too. ASCAP BMI will go around to shops and stores that broadcast music. You know they have the radio on in the store and say you can't do that. That's a place of work. You need to pay license fees. You need to get Muzak or some other company to provide this. You pay them and they pay us and everybody gets paid. You cannot use music for free in a shop. So this this is a there was a Belgian group that went around doing this. They say it's their contention and I, it hasn't happened in the states yet, but I can just imagine. It's their contention that truck drivers should pay royalties for music they listen to while they're driving because it's a place of work. This is nuts. Yeah, I know the music. I know the music industry is going downhill. I know that. I know you're not making as much money as you used to. I know that. But really, truck drivers, license fees, because it's a place of work. You're kidding me, right? Seventy-five trillion dollars in fines to LimeWire for pirated music. That's more. That's that's a higher amount of money than the the gross national product of the top 100 countries. What what are you talking about? $75 trillion? Really? You lost that much money this year from LimeWire. Wow. Amazing. Uh, let's see. who's Who's been waiting the longest? Okay, Caring is uh, on the line. Or Carnig, I'm sorry, from West Hollywood. He wants to uh, listen to his XM satellite. We'll help him with it because we like XM. We're on channel 158. Uh, Rick in Sacramento is Apple... Uh, a laptop freezes when he plays Farmville. <laughs> oh, no. What, what will you do? These are the serious problems we, we solve here on the Tech Guy Show. And fortunately, you're using Nod32, so I don't have to solve anything more serious, right? I hope not. Nod32 antivirus, you know about it. If you use Windows, you need Nod32. I want you to try it free for the next 30 days by going to eset.com slash Leo. Yes, they have a great Mac antivirus, too. It's uh, cybersecurity for the Mac. That's ESET.com slash Mac. 30 days free. The thing I like about uh, Nod32 and uh, and cybersecurity, all the ESET products, is they pay close attention to 
be, being a performance to, to to not slowing down your machine. They they're amazing. I mean, you run these programs on here. You don't know they're running. They're protecting you. They they will not slow you down. We've done extensive tests that I can't say that about most other antiviruses. They're the fastest at scanning. Their advanced heuristics catch viruses before they even have the signatures. They will they detect virus like activity and stop it cold. Believe me, you do not want to get malware in your system. It is so hard to remove so much easier to block it in the first place. In fact, I love this, and I hope they do this on the Windows side. The Mac version, Cybersecurity for the Mac, has education, has an educational component that explains what not to do, how to protect yourself. That's really important. Give them a call. You can get this for free for 30 days if you mention Leo. 866-935-ESET. 866-935-ESET. Or visit them online for windowseset.com slash leo for maceset.com slash Mac. If you use Windows or Macintosh, you need Nod32. Let's go to West Hollywood, carrying on the line. Hi, Caring Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, thank you for taking my call, Leo. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Got a couple of things on my mind. I'll try to go, you know, do this really quickly. The, the, the main thing is I'm using external powered speakers uh, out of my um, HDTV using the RCA AV outports. Okay. Um, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Um, and when I connect earphones to the same ports, I get the same result, no sound. Then I connect the external speakers to another TV. They work great. I'm wondering, is there anything about the RCA AV outports that can cause this? Um, so it's, uh, it's the audio coming from the TV? To the uh, external powered speakers, yeah. Okay. And, uh, so uh, for some reason, it's just deciding not to power those speakers. Does, it, does the TV have its own speakers? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and are you using them or you're replacing them? Uh, replacing the the built-in speakers, you mean? Yes. Um, it, it doesn't matter. I can have them muted or not. It, it's okay. They Do work. they continue to work even when nothing's coming out of the port? The internal speakers? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So well, I'm look. I'm just trying to track down where the problem is. You know, if there's no sound coming out at all, well, then then you'd have a then it wouldn't be that port. It, but you, but you're saying the internal speakers work fine. Yep. And the air- and and even when the internal speakers are pumping out sound, for some reason, this these these um, RCA jacks sometimes do and sometimes don't. And and it, I I thought it was a physical connection. So and the TV doesn't move. It's been stationary all this time. And you tried different cables and all that. Yeah, and I called Samsung, no help. I've sent them uh, like a dozen emails to support. They never answer. Yeah. I, I All I can think of, I mean, I don't know what's going on, but all I can think of is that those jacks are flaky. There's something wrong with them. Um, and uh, maybe there's a loose connection, and sometimes, sometimes it connects and sometimes it doesn't. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. All right, okay. I, I, That's a hard thing to fix because it's into the TV. When I change the bulb on this DLP, I'm going to snoop around. Yeah. Yeah, open it up. Yeah. A quick question. Do you think uh, there will ever be streaming captions, for instance, on Netflix? Is there any reason? Yeah, why that's that- a big that's a big issue. Uh, my friend Paul Therod has a deaf son. He does one of our shows. He does a Windows Weekly show. And it's uh, something that, that, you know, is an issue on iTunes, too. iTunes has recently started at least offering the capability of putting, you know, the iPhone and iPad and iTunes itself of, uh, of playing back uh, uh, closed captioning. Yeah, so uh, it's but- possible. It's possible. Absolutely, it's possible. It's just a feature they have to turn on in the, in the player. Oh boy, can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I think that that's something that uh, they should be required to do. I think the ADA 
should require that, to be honest. I've got a 92-year-old mother in New York who, who's been getting the DVDs, um, and, and she only gets the ones that have captions. Sometimes they right. work, sometimes they don't. You know, I'd, I'd love to get her an AT, Apple TV or, or a Roku, um, but not a... Yeah, I agree. Wouldn't it be great? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would just uh, I would send, a, send an email to Netflix, say, please, close captioning, please, on the stream. Uh, look, this is uh, the this is the future of movies. Uh, frankly, um, Netflix wants to get out of the DVD by mail business. They would prefer. You know, I don't want to mail you anything. It costs some money to do so, and the movie industry doesn't like it. The movie industry's strong arming them into going all streaming because it's much harder to pirate streaming material than it is to steal a DVD. It's easy to copy a DVD. So uh, this is the future, and so if it's going to be the future, then we've got to accommodate people who can't hear it. It's got the closed captioning has to work. I agree with you. Uh, but that's just putting pressure on uh, the companies to add that feature. I don't think it's so hard to do. I, I, I know it's not hard to do. They just have to. They, it's just been a long time. I know this is an issue and uh, and they haven't done anything about it. And I don't think it's uh, I think it really has to come from Netflix. I don't think it's the Roku because it, uh, it you know, they're using a silver light player on this thing. And I think they just have to do it. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Caring. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. One more uh, segment to go. We're going to take as many calls as we can. Waking up in the morning Gotta be fresh Gotta go downstairs <laughs> Gotta have my bowl Gotta have cereal Seeing everything See, this is proof that Dylan did this song first Time is going Chicken on and on Everybody's rushing I can tell you This song Friday Friday The Rebecca Black song Gotta get Came out What two weeks ago Three weeks ago Has 58 million views But this tells you something Because this song This parody of this As done by Bob Dylan Has 1.7 million views And it's not even a video It's just a picture of a record Sitting in the back seat, gotta make up my mind. Which seat can I take? Somebody said that when Dylan did this uh, electric, there was a huge riot. It's Friday. <laughs> Friday. You know, it's funny because this actually sounds gotta smart when, when Bob Dylan does it. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't sound quite so stupid, does it? Friday. Love that day. It's a metaphor. Rick Sacramento, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Rick. Leo, thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I have a 10-month-old uh, MacBook Pro, a 15-inch uh, laptop, and uh, when I launch into Facebook and then launch into Farmville, uh, the screen comes up, but uh, the portion where the Farmville game is blank. Yeah. Well, then I thought, well, maybe it's just something unique to that. But the most important thing that I realized today that I can't get into is the Tech Guys Lab and try to go to your show and watch you online. There you go. 
So now we know what's wrong because Farmville and my video both are flash. So your what's crashing is not is is not Farmville or my video, but the player that plays it back, which is Flash. Flash. Yeah. So here's here's what you do. You probably just have an old version of Flash on there. Uh, what version of Windows are you using? It's not Windows. It's an Apple machine. Oh, you said it was Apple. All right. Yeah. Macs don't even come with Flash anymore. I could have it if I, but I don't have the dual, the dual boot. Yeah. I'm just so um, no no Flash is not Windows only. It's it's it, it runs on all platforms. Um, you, if you just go to, uh, flash.com and that's, uh, flash like, or splash flash, like the flash Gordon. Okay. Gotcha. That's what you need. You need a, a new version of flash. And so it's a little confusing cause, uh, you would think Adobe would make flash.com actually be, uh, the place to get flash, but they offer a whole bunch of stuff. What you really want is a flash player. You'll see a link on that, or you can go directly to adobe.com slash products slash flash player now if that site crashes you are you using safari as your browser yes yeah then um because there's this is the irony there's a little bit of flash on that site so if running flash crashes your browser well you that this site may may crash your browser but try it get.adobe.com slash flash player is the direct link okay and uh, and you can download Flash, which is a plug-in for your browser that allows you to play Farmville and all that. Um, have you updated your machine lately? Yeah, just uh, recently. Uh, okay. About a week ago or four or five days ago. Okay. The other thing you can do, and this might be a good idea, Adobe, uh, Adobe Flash comes with Google's Chrome browser. Mm-hmm. They actually bundle it in, and it's actually a little safer to use it in Chrome. So uh, I know you're using Safari because that's what comes to the Apple, but you can also do get you know go to google.com slash Chrome, right, and download Chrome, and that'll install Flash, and 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 it's a little bit better to do it that way because it's doing something called sandboxing. It's isolating the Flash from the rest of your computer. Flash has some security issues and so forth, and Google is uh is actually doing us all a favor by sandboxing Flash. So you might try that. I think I'll try that first. I'm familiar yeah. with Google Chrome, so I love Chrome. That's all I use anymore. Is that right? Yeah, it's the same. Uh, you know, it's funny because it's it, it, they both come from the same open source project called WebKit, both Safari and Chrome. Uh, but I think Google's implemented it a little bit better. All right. Yeah, I'm uh, new to the Apple environment. I uh, oh, all right. Well, you're familiar with it on Windows, then. Yeah. Yes. I think you just have a bad flash, and that's so. Whenever you load something with flash, it either crashes your browser or it doesn't run. Just just fixing fixing flash should fix that. Let's talk real quickly about backup. I'm going to see if I can get a couple more calls in. Um, I know uh, Derek's on the line from Chicago, and uh, he wants to expand his partition. <laughs> Before we do that, actually, this might be a tool you could use. I want to talk about backup with Carbonite. Backing up is so important. You know that. You don't want to be calling me next week and saying, "Hey, Leo, I lost everything. How help me?" You want to have you want to have the security, the, the the peace of mind, knowing you've got all your data safe and sound, and that's what back backup is so important. And that's why Carbonite's my favorite because it solves a lot of backup issues. It's automatic, backs up in the background using your internet connection, so that the data is not next to your computer where it could get destroyed or stolen. It's up there in the cloud, perfectly safe. You can get to it any time, too. You just log on to your Carbonite account on any computer or even on your smartphone, and there's your data. Now, 
All of this is very affordable. People sometimes say, well, I could use Dropbox for that. Well, yeah, but Dropbox is $120 a year. Carbon, and that's only and that's for a limited amount. I think what is that, 50 gigabytes? Or is it 100 anyway? Carbonite's unlimited. All the data on your internal drive for $55 a year. 15 cents a day. There's no better way. And it's it's storage that you can get to anytime. So it really is cloud storage. I just love Carbonite. I want you to try it free right now for two weeks. Carbonite.com offer code Leo. If you decide to buy two extra months on your 12-month subscription, Carbonite.com. You got to back it up to get it back. So do it right with Carbonite. Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Derek. Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Hi, Leo. Love your show. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm just calling to let you know I have a uh, laptop that is a 250-gigabyte hard drive. It's partitioned into two separate drives, and they're both uh, 110 gigabytes. And one drive, I only have 5 gigabytes free, and the other one, I have 34 gigabytes free. That's the only frustrating thing about partitioning, isn't it, is that you can't know ahead of time when you divide your drive up exactly how much you need. And so then sometimes you get stuck like this where I've got plenty of room on my drive. It's just on a different partition. Partitioning means taking a physical drive and turning it into two or more apparent drives or logical drives. Drives that, you know, the computer thinks you've got two drives. You really only have one physical drive. So are you on Windows or Mac? Windows. Okay. What you need is something called a non-destructive drive partitioner. You might be able to do that. Uh, without buying or downloading anything, if you right-click on my computer and select Manage, you'll see there is a, a plug-in for That's the System Management Console. There's a plug-in for storage called Storage. And go in there, and sometimes you can resize a drive right from there, non-destructively. Great. Um, but that depends on the fragmentation, the free space, and a lot of other things. There are free drive partitioners that uh, also do a great job. In fact, you may end up having to have. The best of them is from, uh, it's, I don't know how you pronounce this. I guess it's E-A, it's E-A-S-E-U-S. I guess it's Ezus, but your guess is as good as mine. And they offer a free uh, partitioner program. Actually, they, they have a bunch of great tools. I highly recommend uh, this company. Uh, but their partitioner is uh, what they call non-destructive. That means it won't damage your data. And that's E-A-S-U-S dot com. Eesus. They also have a backup. They have a lot of other products. They're, they're, they make some great stuff. But the Eesus Partition Manager um, is the one that uh, most people are using these days. You can also get a bigger drive. I mean, 250 gigs isn't a huge drive. For You can get a, a two terabyte drive now for about 100 bucks. Kind of remarkable. Richard in Charlotte. Hey, Richard, Leo Laporte, the tech guy. Yes, I have a computer question. <clears throat> My Internet Explorer is in emergency mode. Is there Uh-oh. any way I can get around that? You know why it's in emergency mode? Well, it says it's infected with malicious software and browser. Oh, that's not good. Launched. Yeah. So it sounds like you got a bad, uh, 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 bad something on your system. Uh-huh. My my suggestion would be to uh, take it into a shop if you can and have them uh, disinfect it. Uh-huh. Uh, you can. I'll give you a little thing you can try. You click the start button and you click run. You get run in your start menu. It says run dot dot dot. Uh-huh. And you click that and you're going to get a little box that you can type text into. And you type these three letters all together. M-R-T. 
MRT. It stands for Malicious Software Recovery Tool. Uh-huh. MRT. Okay. And uh, uh, what that will do is it'll uh, open up a window and do a thorough scan on there. And that can disinf- find and disinfect malware on your system. And um, if you've been updating regularly uh, Microsoft uh, Windows, uh, you're going to have a pretty good uh, result with that. MRT, Microsoft's Malicious Software Removal. Sorry, not recovery. Removal tool. Leo Laporte, the tech guy.